Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, Jesus Does My Taxes. It's another uh, weekly episode with your favorite CPAs. We really want to welcome you this week. We've got a great podcast in store for you. It's a hot topic. It's going to be about the tax plans for the presidential candidates. We've got only how many days to the election, Jeff? We have three days to the election when this goes. We will only have three days. So we're going to have to get this podcast out there really quickly to get you guys some some really good information on the comparative analysis of these two candidates and their tax plans and what they mean for you and um, how, how they shape America's future. We also want to take these tax plans and we want to look at taxes from a biblical view. It's not enough to just look at the taxes and say, oh, you know, how can we cut our taxes and get you know, the best return on my money after taxes. It's not enough. I think we got to look at what does the Bible say about taxes? Jeff, what did Jesus say about taxes? He said, render unto Caesar what goes to Caesar. So pay right. your taxes. <laughs> right. Stop so he complaining, said, just pay your taxes. That's what he said. Stop complaining, pay your taxes. But I, I think there's something much deeper in that. Much, much deeper. He's talking about, you know, your taxes are are worldly resources so that what is the next what is the next thing he says after render caesar i don't i don't know <laughs> what, does, what does he say al the job's so, done he just got his taxes that's all he cares about <laughs> yeah so jesus then goes on to say to give god what god is owed oh so right we're gonna, uh, give to caesar what belongs to caesar and give to god what belongs to god exactly exactly so so what does belong to god well, that's the, uh, you know, as as Christian business owners, we know that it all belongs. Right. So everything we do, everything we have, it's all because of God, and it belongs to him. We're just stewards. And um, our job is to just be very good stewards of what we're entrusted with. Right. So within tax revenue, is that belong to God too? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So We don't want to pay it. We don't want to pay it, but right. <laughs> but it's still, it's still not ours. Exactly. And I think it's also, a lot of people, uh, people loathe taxes. They loathe, they loathe it. They loathe taxes. And I think a lot of that is because they don't know where the money's going. They hear about abuse from politicians. They always feel like the taxes just keep going up and they unfairly, they're unfairly punishing me, right? It's, it seems like I pay more taxes than everybody else. And I think, I think we have to understand that God put the tax code in place. God put the, the people in place that came up with the tax code. So we, we have to respect and you know, really render to Caesar what is Caesar's because at the end of the day, what is Caesar's belongs to God too. Just like a tithe, I think taxes are in the same the same boat, a little bit different, but it is biblical that we're supposed to honor our political establishment. I think, I think that's a great lesson for today, what's going on, the division, really the hatred for both candidates and the hatred for people in political power. You know, maybe they deserve it. <laughs> They probably do. I, I would think they certainly do deserve it. They, they, they certainly it, deserve it. They made it very more easy often than to not. not like them. Right? More often than not, they definitely deserve it. But at the same time, I'll quote Donald Trump. God is a God is a God of law and order. He is a God of law and order. And the chaos that you've been seeing today in our society with just no no uh, respects for authority. Authority everywhere you go is just is just it's not biblical. That's not the way we we're meant to to live in in this world. 
So then it becomes the, the, the topic of how much tax do you pay? A lot of that's going to be decided by these two candidates. These two candidates have a very, very, very different vision for America. I mean, they couldn't be, Jeff, could they be any more different? They are polar opposites. Polar opposites. They, they're not even the same hemisphere. So what, when you go to vote, you are voting for a completely different tax landscape. Totally different. Let's get into the plan. First, Joe Biden, you're up first, Joe. He's going to go into the individual tax rates, and he is going to raise the top tax rate from 37% up to 39.6. He's going to go back to the original tax rate prior to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that was instituted by Donald Trump. And that's that's for uh, that's for individuals. Um, it's not, not just a tax rate, but he wants to change it a little bit. So it's it's also for individuals who earn over four hundred thousand dollars a year, um, right? Which, if you live in the Northeast, that's low income. Okay, maybe not exactly, but uh, um, but obviously it's uh, depending on where you live in the country. Four hundred thousand dollars can go a lot further in say the South than it can in the North. And that's going to be taxed at, right, 39.6%. We're just going right back to the levels we were, uh, what, four years ago. Right. So not a big change. It's it's probably the least controversial change that Joe Biden is presenting. Would you agree, Jeff? Yeah. I mean, I think um, uh, I think both candidates are worried more about the middle class than about the wealthy. So raising the tax, uh, you know, another almost 3% on the wealthy doesn't really cause anybody to, you know, stop and say, oh, geez, I... I, I wonder what they're doing here. This could affect us negatively. Now they just, everybody, it seems like everybody just wants to tax the wealthy. That's right. on both sides, both uh, uh, Republican and Democrat. They're, they're, as far as we can see right now, they're, they're both for having the wealthy pay a higher tax right now. And then you get into the whole conversation, who pays the fair boat, right? Who, who's paying their fair share? And that's, that's easier said than done. You know, like who pays a larger share? And what do the statistics show? Statistics show that uh, the wealthy pay already a majority of that tax. I think it's um, it's at least ninety percent. Yeah, it's over ninety percent. The wealthy already pay over ninety percent of the tax. It's right. just that you know when we're when you're middle to low income wage earners or business owners, you know you're living kind of hand to mouth or paycheck to paycheck. So any any extra bill, any tax increase, um, you feel it because you already don't really have much of a savings plan in place. So you're just watching your money just go out the door to another avenue that you feel could be used, you know, for food or mm -hmm. for utilities in some cases, just to be able to, uh, I guess this year would be easy, right? Because of COVID, nobody's been able to go out and, and really do much. So, um, but for the most part, you're, you're taking away that extra income that you have to actually make decisions on what you could do. And that's gone. Yeah, I think what what the main issue is when it comes to who's paying their fair share is that people get upset about the percentage of income that people pay tax on, right? So the, the wealthy might pay 90% of the bill, but that 90% that they pay tends to not make up the same percentage of their income. Essentially, their effective tax rate is less than what people pay um, in the middle class, but that's um, that's that's not a function of uh, the wealthy, you know, being 
gaming the system, we'll say. Exactly. Because it's because the tax code is written to benefit business owners. And Mm -hmm. wealthy people tend to own more businesses. So they're able to take advantage of, um, you know, bigger tax cuts, bigger credits. They're able to take more advantage of the tax code because the tax code is not written for an employee. If you're an employee, I mean, it's take your income, multiply it by your tax rate, pay your bill. If you're uh, if you're wealthy and you tend to have a business or investments, what is it? It's okay. Let's figure out. Let's figure out what can be deductible. Let's figure out how we can make certain aspects of our life deductible, and uh, let's take credits here, credits there, and uh, you know, you're able to get that percentage down. And uh, and the whole point of that is because. The thought process behind it is that, and this is both Democrat and Republican, they won't admit it, but it's clear by the way they pass these uh, tax laws. It's clear that they understand business owners drive the marketplace. They drive the economy. So if you provide benefits to those who own businesses, they are able to produce a better economy through jobs, through uh, retail, through whatever have you, through services. But it's the business. And so they know uh, reward those who produce. And producers are owners of businesses, not employees. Those are consumers. So our tax code is is written to help out those who produce. And you can look, the the tax code is written to encourage certain behaviors, right? So real estate owners tend to have an entire tax code section dedicated to them. And what is the IRS telling you? They want you to invest in real estate. It, it provides local communities property taxes. It provides new real estate construction, provides a whole slew of economic production from the contractors and construction. It provides uh, the materials and the, the supply houses are booming when new construction is going on or renovations to older buildings. It, the the tax code is is written to be your friend really it's telling you what to invest in to get the best tax treatment so moving on uh joe wants to change the itemized deductions a little bit we're going to keep the standard deduction that the tax cuts and jobs act has instituted at 24000 but Biden has proposed a provision that would cap the tax benefited item itemized deductions at a 20 rate. If he's going to cap the tax benefit of itemized deduction at the 28% rate, is that basically saying he's, he's given up on the salt, Jeff? No, um, that's, that's everything. So yes, he's given up on the salt, but, but this is actually even more stringent than uh, Trump's plan because he's saying, listen, once, once you hit that 28% tax bracket, right, which um, somewhere around 75 to a hundred thousand dollars worth of income, he goes, we're taking away your itemized deductions. So now you have no deduction, which is kind of silly, but um, I don't really don't see the point of that one. With the standard deduction being as high as it is, it's not. it doesn't really affect anybody. So that one to me is just more about uh, being political and making it sound like he's he's going after the wealthy when that doesn't affect anybody, really. It really no, does. It's, it's definitely counterproductive to what they're trying to incentivize here and, and accomplish um, when you're limiting those itemized deductions, especially for people who are only at $100,000 worth of taxable income. It's essentially a wash. You know, Not many people are taking that benefit anyways due to the increased standard deduction previously from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Yeah. So Let that me- one, that one, like, honestly, I there's been a lot going on with that one. Like uh, we hear the news saying, you know, Biden's talking about taking away the itemized deductions 
and uh you know but he's saying oh but we're going to keep them for the lower class we're just going to force it on the rich it doesn't affect this one doesn't affect anybody it really doesn't it's just this is a this is total politicizing that's that's what i see this as i mean it, it might it, it's it, pandering it, almost yeah so so if i'm if i'm a taxpayer and i'm in the 28% tax bracket and i have high mortgage interest and i have you know i'm very charitable how does this affect me yeah, I mean it's going to affect you. It's going to affect uh, the top earners a little bit, but right now mortgage interest has already been capped, right? So that's that's they've already lost most of the deduction for that. So it's really just those that are charitable, mm -hmm. uh, extremely charitable. I got to be honest with you, uh, the returns I see, and you know we handle quite a number of wealthy people. They're the wealthy don't tend to be very charitable. Um, it's usually less than one percent of their income goes to charity, right? So who's it really going to affect? You know, it's going to affect, it's going to affect, <laughs> believe it or not, it's going to affect the uh, religious people who go to uh, churches, synagogues, what have you, and, and donate a lot that uh, they do that uh, tithing or, you know, it all depends, but those are the ones that it's going to hurt the most, which is going to be middle class. And um, so the opposite effect would happen. But as for going after the wealthy, this, this isn't going to do anything to them. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, we've been reviewing a lot of our tax returns. Uh, you know, the extension season just ended. 1015. And Jeff, I have to say, this is kind of a proud moment uh, for believers. You know, we, as believers, the church, you know, we have issues uh, like any other church and any other group of people. And um, I think there's a lot of believers out there that don't set a good example. And, but I have to say, and out of all of our clients, who's the most charitable? Like when we see these tax returns, we can almost pick it out and we say, wow, Look what they gave away. They have to be Christian. And almost nine out of 10 times they are. Yep, absolutely. Christians tend to be the most charitable. That's that's really good because I think uh, I think um, people are understanding that the tithe um, is important. And, uh, you know, there's a promise there and almost a challenge that God makes. And um, again, we go back to what we said earlier on today, right? We're being stewards of God's money and uh, it's not ours to begin with. So tithing. It's important, and um, it, it's good to see that most, or at least a good portion of Christians, follow that and understand that. Now, are they going to follow and understand that if Biden gets elected and takes away the tax benefit? That's my concern. Yeah. That's what we want to talk about today is, is giving to God what, what is God's. You know, God talks about a giving heart that is not compelled by coercion, right? So a tax, to me, is not charity, right? A tax is compelled. You're not giving with your heart. You're being told, okay, if you give this amount of money, you know, if you put in these money in taxes, it'll go out to the indigent. It'll help other people, but it's a compulsory parting of your money, right? Tithing is it's not compulsory. It's no one's going to hold a gun to your head if you don't tithe. I just want to say out there, you know, Christians keep on giving. You you know, forget about the tax breaks. Forget about it. It's it's. It's not about that, as we said in the beginning, Matthew 22, you know, uh, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, because in the end, it's really God's. That being said, as tax advisors, we can help you. How about this? Give less in taxes and give more in charity. How about that? Sounds like a good idea, right? I'm game for that. Hey, let's talk about the, uh, the really big topic for Biden's plan versus Trump, which is what they plan on doing with capital gains and uh and the yeah because that's probably that's, that's probably me, the scariest part yeah that's yeah. that is because um I, I mean for low-income people probably not too much because um 
low-income people generally don't have capital gains and dividends. Um, not that they all don't, but just generally they don't. Um, but the middle class does, and the wealthy definitely do. And um, uh, Biden wants to. So right now, the rule is it's a it's a lower tax rate, right? So you get benefits if you have long term gains um, and qualify dividends. You're taxed at fifteen percent, possibly even zero percent, depending on what your um, tax bracket is. But there's there's three capital gains brackets. There's there's the zero percent, and that's just because all of your other income is taxed at the uh, lowest rate. And then if you're taxed at a normal, uh, anything above the, lo the lowest rate, then your capital gains now becomes 15%. And if you're in the highest tax bracket, your capital gains, long-term capital gains become 20% tax, which is like half of what you'd be paying in all the other taxes. So Biden's plan is to just eliminate that altogether and make, make it all ordinary, all, all ordinary income subject to the highest, highest taxes. So over, over a million. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you're um, w once you reach a million dollar threshold, then then that's when you get rid of it. So, if I understand that correctly, capital gains and qualified dividends under a million dollars would still have the preferential rate. Yes, would still have the preferential rate. Although he's he's from what I've seen, he's hemmed and hawed on that one. So we don't know for sure. But but if we go by just what he's released, we have to assume that um, there's no changes to that. So you'd still be at the 50, zero, 15, 20 percent rate. It's once you reach a million dollars and, you know, that's going to affect upper middle class and, um, and the, uh, the wealthy, um, more than anybody. But the, the thing that I don't like about this is, um, look, if the wealthy have to pay tax on their capital gains, let them pay tax on their capital gains. The whole point of this is, is, uh, really to, to target carried interest, which carried interest, uh, is basically, you know, if you, if you manage some funds, um, you get paid a management fee and that management fee gets taxed as capital gains. So you get a reduced rate for work you do, which is not really the spirit behind capital gains, but it's how a lot of the wealthy, uh, they, they manage funds. So it's, it's how they're able to get away paying a lot lower tax. So this kind of does away with that. But what really bothers me about this one, and this is where I feel it affects the, the middle class the most. If I have a business and I sell it, chances are I'm going to sell it for a little over a million dollars because um, you should have anywhere from five to seven times multipliers on a business. So now they're going to make my business that I worked hard all my life and I grew it and grew it and grew it. Instead of having to pay just a 15% tax, now I'm going to have to pay uh, almost 40% on it. Almost um, threefold. Yeah. As a, as a small business owner, that's, that's where to me, yeah, I think, is the biggest piece of this because, uh, I mean, that's what most, most small business owners are going to face. They're, they're going to look at this and say, okay, the day to day, you know, I invest in the market. I make, you know, a couple hundred couple, or I should say a couple thousand dollars a year in dividends, who cares? It's still the same. It's that sale of their small business, which, you know, small business owners are not wealthy. They are. They everything's are in the business. Yeah. Everything's in the business. They're grinding, grinding. They don't even have, most of them don't even have retirement plans because, their business is a retirement plan. They're hoping that one day they could sell it, you know, build it up enough to sell it off that uh, it'll make up for not having that retirement plan that they couldn't put away all these years. And now the government's saying, thank you. We're going to tax you basically at the highest rate. 40% for all that hard work of building your right. business, all that appreciation and time you, put into that business now essentially going 40%. Do you think worse. this is a serious proposal? Because I don't. I don't think this is serious. Well, uh, 
it's pandering to the left, which, uh, how is Chuck Schumer going to let this go through? He receives about 90% of his income through carried interest. They always put their loopholes in to protect themselves. Yeah. I mean, this is the plan. So how it's going to happen. I don't know yet. Um, uh, don't you think be- this is more of pandering to a political base? It's definitely pandering. Um, obviously, um, when Biden won the uh, um, the nomination, um, the Bernie Sanders supporters kind of walked away and said, we could care less. We're not going to vote. So he has to pander. We're trying to, to bring them back. Right. And that's actually why they brought in uh, Kamala Harris. Right. Because she's she's considered the most liberal uh, most liberal senator ever in the history of the United States. She finds that funny. Yeah, Not if I you mean, watch even, 60 minutes. Yeah, even even more even more liberal than um, Bernie Sanders. So that's why they brought her in because they've got to pander to that base that they're afraid oh. might not vote. And um I know I've already seen in the in the news uh, a lot of the um Congress people uh who are, you know, tend to be more liberal have already saying if he gets elected, we're already going to team up and force uh, our agenda to happen. Yeah. So um, so I don't know. I mean, part of it's pandering, but part of it is, uh, <clears throat> you know, that, that very, very liberal, um, side, whether you agree with it or not, um, they have big mouths and, um, you know, they're, they're trying to push their way through mm. and, um, and yeah, even, though I, even though a small population, they're still trying to push their way through. They got I a think big mouth. It, this law, if it goes through would absolutely cripple investment in America. Absolutely. How could you, how could you how could you invest long term in something? How could you? You're you're basically now taxing. You're changing the the entire tax code, really, because the tax code was built to tax work that you do personally at ordinary income rates, which is much higher. And the tax code then tried to. Uh, they didn't try. They succeeded. They they succeeded by giving a preferential rate to those who make investments to create jobs, to create new industries, to, to create growth. They, they really do create growth by giving that preferential rate. So how are people going to start, you know, keep investing in the stock market, investing in cups, small little companies, knowing that they could have everything about 35, 30% of it taken away? To me, I think I think one of the things that makes America so great is our preferential tax system that we we encourage investing in things like real estate and small businesses and uh, startups and the whole entrepreneurial spirit. I think would be destroyed by this this law. So I'm hoping it's pandering. Let's get moving on to some of these other ideas. There there's talk about Biden taxing the value of your home by three percent on top of your property taxes. So what I find odd about that is he's limiting st- itemized deductions, which also hurts you know, the people in New Jersey, New York, and California, the people that Connecticut, the people that are voting for Joe Biden, that hurts them. And a 3% tax on the value of your home, that could really hurt some middle-class people. In New Jersey, right? The middle, the, the, uh, your average home is, is probably somewhere in the range of you know, 400 to 500. I mean, you do the math. Oh, you, you, know, live, you live anywhere close to a metropolitan area and, you know, forget it. You just, you just took on an additional 3% tax increase just because you're, you're, you live close to a city and that's going to be unbelievably high. 
I mean, I know a lot of middle-class people that live in the Northeast in California, California, that some of the homes you got small homes at a million dollars, 700,000, 3% on 500,000 right. so, is $15,000. So what's this really going to do? You know, because people are smart and they say, listen, I'm not going to pay an additional 3% tax. So what are we going to do? We would rather, because I see this all the time, people would rather take a hit out of their pocket anywhere else than through taxes. So what do you think is going to happen? The housing market is going to plummet. It's going to, because nobody's going to want to have a, a houses assessed at a high value anymore. So they're going to pay, literally, they're going to want to pay nothing. They're going to sell their houses for little. They're going to buy houses for little, it's going to drop the real estate market incredibly. I think this is pandering. I, I don't think this has any chance of going through. If it does, it would destroy us. It would destroy the housing market, which would- Well, not only that, but let's, let's, let's like look at it in both ways. Number one, we've got now a 3% federal property tax. But then when I sell my house, now I've got to pay a 40% tax on it because I've got a capital gain. Oh, they're like really hammering you if you own homes. I mean, nobody's going to own homes anymore. We'll all be we'll all be renting. Yeah, I mean, but what are the what are the if if the property taxes go up, the the rents are just going to go up by three percent. You're going to be paying it no matter what. I don't know. This is it's. I I can't believe they even but thought it, about. I don't think it's the real deal. I think no, it's no, pandering. I uh, I disagree with you. I I think this is exactly what he wants to do because one of the biggest uh, focal points that he's been pushing is government housing, mm. and mm. he wants uh, the government to own you know, more and more real estate and be your landlord. And um, so if he forces people to have to rent and get increased rent, he now forces you into, you know, he forces you into rentals. But of course, if you're paying 3% property tax, nobody's going to want to invest in rental property, which means the government will own them all. So now that's how you get government housing right off the bat. They're just, they're going to basically have to foreclose on all these properties, take them over. And now, and now you've got government housing everywhere. You're talking about not just in metropolitan areas, not just in urban areas, but you're, you're talking even out in, you know, the suburbs, single family homes could be an option. I mean, who knows? It's it. So based on what he said in the past, it actually does follow suit with what he has said he wants to do. And, and if you, you know, maybe we're taking a little bit of liberty, extra liberties here to tie the two together. But, um, but that's kind of what makes sense of, of, from what I've heard. If I, if I put two and two together, that's kind of what I feel he's saying. Well, you know what? The good thing is, and I'm going to reveal some of my colors right now, if I haven't already. Oh, boy. Is that Joe Biden's been in office for 47 years and he hasn't done much. So hopefully he doesn't do this either. Right. Let's hope that that is the case. Moving on, the corporate tax rates. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act replaced the graduate corporate structure with a flat 21% rate. Biden is proposing raising the flat rate to 28% and reinstating the corporate AMT on profits of more than $100 million. There's a lot of people that say corporations don't pay enough in taxes. There are very, there are many corporations that do not pay much at all. I, I think the general public doesn't understand why they don't pay any taxes. Jeff, you're 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 more adept at corporate taxation than I. Why do these companies, these big companies, why do they tend to pay less in taxes? At mostly because they're reinvesting in capital. Um, that's a, that's, you know, corporations, they don't just go out there and they say, okay, here's our product, buy it. We take our money and we slip it in our pocket. I mean, there are obviously corporations make good money, uh, bigger ones, but at the end of the day, the corporations are investing a lot back into, um, their employees, their company, the community, 
there's a lot of investment that goes into having a lot of these big companies. So maybe they're not paying it in 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 a, in an income tax, but they're paying it in property taxes. They're paying it in payroll taxes. They're paying it in real estate taxes. You know, so they're paying a lot of the extra taxes. But at the end of the day, they're the ones that are producing because where do you think the jobs come from nowadays? They come from cor companies, right? Uh, big corporations, small corporations, small businesses. I mean, they've got to, uh, they got to, they got to fund, you know, they, they need the profits to be able to be able to, um, we'll say buy more employees or to pay more employees. Um, if they just pay taxes on it, think about it. The more, the more corporate rates you put up, the less money they have, which means the less money they have to hire. You know, what really scares me mostly about this uh, corporate tax rate increase. I actually like the fact that we're at 21% right now. I think it's fair. But uh, and it's a flat rate, which is nice. It used to be uh, a graduated rate up to um, over 30, 35 percent. But what I what I'm really scared of is that right now, small business owners who have um, flow through entities, a partnership or an S corporation where the, uh, the the business profits pass through to their personal return, they're getting um, unless you're in the medical field or professional services, they're getting this um, what's called this 199A deduction, this 20 percent deduction. So Joe Biden proposes to to get rid of that too. Well, here's what's happened. That that deduction, the whole reason for that deduction was to because um, small business owners generally aren't corporations. So corporations were getting this benefit of this 21% rate. So Trump said, "Well, listen, small businesses are the backbone of America, so let's make sure that they can get something that's equivalent." So they put in that 199A deduction to mirror that 21% rate. So that's that's the reason for that whole deduction is to is to kind of mirror that 21% rate that corporate corporations are getting it for for uh, for small business owners. So Biden wants to do away with that rate, which means we're no longer mirroring, which means that deduction stands a very strong chance of going away. And I, I think that's one that nobody's even talking about because uh, so that's that set to a, expire when that's set to expire in 2025. When is that sunset? The the twenty percent, the section one ninety nine A. I'm not sure. I'd have to look that one up, but um, so I think, um, I think that exp I, I think that would absolutely be on the docket, because that section one ninety nine A deduction also has uh, a lot of benefits for real estate owners, right? The two and a half percent of adjusted mm -hmm. basis, right? How does that benefit real estate owners? Section one ninety nine A. Well, essentially, anytime you're investing in real estate, you have an unadjusted basis of your assets. Essentially, you have the higher of the 50% of all wages paid or for real estate investors who get 2.5% uh, of all basis of assets. So it's unadjusted, one thing, right? unadjusted correct. Right. And they Which have a huge. different life that they use. But essentially, one other component of Biden's tax plan is to basically repeal that QBI deduction for any high income earners, essentially over $400,000. <clears throat> okay so he's gonna he's gonna do away with that too yeah he's slowly right. trying to phase that out to anyone essentially making like we said over four hundred thousand right. dollars yeah. in certain areas that's not high net worth i don't know the economy was doing great and actually you know what's an interesting uh factoid is that in 2019 the federal government raised more money in tax revenue than in any other point in our our history as a country Fla inflation adjusted we raised more money in tax revenue with Trump's tax plan, where the wealthy get, you know, some tax cuts, small business owners. I mean, I got to tell you, Jeff, my clients, 
your clients, that 20% QBI deduction is massive for them. Oh, it was, it was, it's, it's awesome when we can, you know, you're filling out a tax return for a small business owner. You say, okay, Hey, your tax is, uh, I don't know, $40,000. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me add in your QBI deduction. And now you're, guess what? Now it's only $25,000. I mean, they're like yeah. jumping out of their chairs and they think we're wizards when we pull that deduction out for them. <laughs> Essentially it, it reduces your taxable income down by 20%. 20% of whatever your effective tax rate is essentially. And the Republicans actually did a great job of targeting small businesses that struggle and that don't make as much. And they actually excluded out the professional services and the hedge funds and the the big time, you know, money makers and the finances and the doctors and the lawyers. And they really gave the benefit to the small business owner. I'd be curious to see if Joe Biden um, takes a shot at that, too. I'd be very, very, very disheartened if he did. But I think they'll 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 wipe away all of the Trump tax cuts. I the, think the scary thing was when he was first proposing his tax plan was essentially repealing the TCJA completely. Exactly. And then you look back and you see how many middle income t- uh, middle class people benefited from that. And to say that you're going to repeal that, that's a huge red flag. Well, the there's a taxpayers. You know, there's a there's a a, a big difference between the way that uh, Republicans and Democrats think about. Um, people and what drives our economy. Republicans feel that uh, small business and um, and business owners are what produce and drive our economy. And the Democrats, and they've all said this, right? So they say this. This isn't this isn't us just taking liberties that are here. They've specifically said it. The De- Democrats have said that they want the empl- they feel the employees are the drivers of the economy. So they want to benefit the employees over the business owners. They think the business owners, they think the average small business owner is wealthy. I don't know where they come up with this because the average small business owner I know, yeah, they make a, a little bit of money. Um, they do okay. Uh, a lot of them are a lot they of them are scraping by. But um, you know, think think of it this way. Let's just look at like what happened this summer with COVID, right? If uh, if I'm an employee, I got to go collect and um, I got to go collect uh, unemployment, extra unemployment. So normal unemployment plus extra unemployment plus then I also got uh, uh, an opportunity where my employers were forced to pay me money to stay home. Yeah. If I'm a business owner, like I owned a restaurant or a gym or something like that, I, I could barely collect unemployment. They only instituted it. What? Like right at the last minute. And it yep. was, it was like for two weeks. So it was, it was for a very short period of time. And I had no way of earning any income and no resource to actually gain any additional income. Yeah, the, the government said, still backing up. Yeah, the government said, "Oh, hey, we're going to give you these PPP loans so that you know you feel wonderful." But what you know what you're going to use it on? You're going to use it only on your employees. Yep. And um, and then and then we're also going to give you an idle loan, which uh, you know, economic injury disaster loan. We're going to give can, you one of these. You can. But you're going to have to pay on back. expenses. Right, and it has to be on business expenses like payroll because we want that money to go to employees. Yeah. Um, totally. I remember specifically what what was it? Barack. He said that you didn't build it. You didn't build it. You didn't build your business. Right. I guess right. the government did. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the, that's just the difference in philosophies and mindset. And that's why, that's why when you have like, especially the last several years, uh, Democrat plans and Republican plans happen to be very, 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 very far from similar. And uh, this is no different this year, uh, this year with the Trump and Biden um, plans. I mean, again, it was, it was not. Uh, I wasn't surprised when it came out and I saw it. Now, obviously, we work with businesses, so we're gonna 
we're going to look towards the plan that benefits business owners uh, more than anything else. And of, of course, that typically means it's a Republican plan. We're not talking about all the other, we'll say, moral or political issues. We're just looking at it from a business perspective on what the tax plan uh, uh, focuses on. It's it's sad that if if small business takes a hit in all of this, that's really sad because, Ryan, who pays more? Who who gets paid more out of the business? The employees or the actual employer? Most businesses, the employer. No, the the no the employees get paid. What's bigger, the employee payroll or the take home pay for the, the oh employee? by yeah by far the employees benefit right that. exactly. So you got a business that's a million dollars, half of it goes to employees and maybe 150 200 goes home with the owner maybe unless maybe. they're reinvesting right right but Let's these plans that they're proposing it, it, here completely take away all incentives to to reinvest right or higher exactly or higher well well there wouldn't be there wouldn't be uh money to reinvest because there's also you know one of the other uh biden plans is to also introduce uh, a new payroll tax that's um going to affect employers um, they're going to add what um, an additional Social Security uh, tax. I think it's now twelve point four percent. He's proposing for Social Security. Mm -hmm. So that that's up from what seven point? That's up from uh, that's it's, that's an, it's an additional six point two per employee employer, essentially making over four hundred thousand. Right, and that will be split by employee employers employees. So six point two each. Right. So so that's an increase of of about what? OK, so this is split between employers and employees on earned income above four hundred thousand. No, no, it's it's basically so right now, Social Security is capped at uh, it's around one hundred thirty five thousand dollars. So once you earn one hundred thirty five thousand dollars, you're no longer paying into Social Security tax and the employer doesn't have to match it. Jeff, so what this they're saying is employees. Um, well, but this kills this kills uh, business owners, and then especially like we're in the Northeast, right? Yeah. So in the Northeast, um, the the average pay actually gets pretty close to one hundred thousand dollars because it's so expensive to live up here. California is the same way, really expensive. Seattle area, really expensive. I think a lot of metropolitan areas are really expensive. So what they're saying is, you know, we're not going to have you stop paying Social Security tax when you reach one hundred thirty five thousand dollars. We're going to actually have you stop when you reach four hundred thousand dollars, and um, yeah, the reason why I'm saying that kills employees is because our clients are going to be fine, right? Our our clients that are business owners. Oh yeah, because we have them structured in an, in an escort. Well, we structure our you know regardless of whether the the rules are good or bad. You know, we we pay so much attention to these tax laws that we're able to look and say, okay, here's how we can. Uh, treat our businesses so that we're not forced to pay this extra tax. And uh, so our, our, our clients are good. Uh, no problems whatsoever. They can look at these and they can, uh, yeah, they might have a little increase in tax just because uh, they lose some, some credits or things like that. But for the most part. Yeah. So I think this is going to hurt more the regular employee who's doing well, you know, who's doing, you know, this is going to hurt uh, the, the, you know, the, the guy who's making $175,000, he's the sole income earner living in New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, you know, working at a bank or something, you know, uh, or working at a, a pharmaceutical company. He, he's going to hurt on this because instead of that, uh, that uh, Social Security stopped being taxed at 130, it's now going to be taxed beyond that. And right. um, that really hurts a guy who's making 200, who's the sole income earner. 
well, in New Jersey or New York. It, that hurts. Here's here's what I think is going to happen with that one. If that were to go through, you know what would happen is we'd have a larger unemployment rate with the uh, the the 40 and 50-year-olds because they make tends, money. Who tends to make more money? Yep. So business owners are going to say, I don't want to pay that salary because I got to keep paying the social security tax now. I don't, it doesn't ever phase out. So they're going to say, forget it. We'll start hiring young people. And now we're going to have uh, a much higher unemployment rate with the 40 and 50 year olds. So those, the people who are, who have families uh, are going to struggle to find jobs. And not only that, but then, then you look at the estate tax difference. I mean, basically right now, a state, a state tax isn't really an issue if you're, if you're an average person. Um, even upper middle class, it's not because the uh, the exemption is what um, a little million dollars, 11, a little over eleven. Yeah, eleven million dollars. So, uh, and Biden wants to drop it back. Uh, he wants to cut it even more than half. So, if your family has assets of you know four or five million dollars or more, you're going to start getting taxed on it to uh, to transfer that over to your children. I think and, one of the uh, scariest components of that that the plan again these aren't comprehensive plans; they're just uh, tentative proposals at this point, but he's talked about eliminating the step up in basis of Ooh. inherited property that could seriously damage some people. I mean, you're already talking about bumping up the estate tax from 40 to 45%. That's killer. Line, killing the inherited basis step up. I mean, that's right, going to hurt a right. lot of families. So if I inherit a house from my grandfather that he bought in 1940 for yep. Forty thousand dollars, and now it's worth five hundred thousand dollars. How does that affect me? You're going to be paying tax on the four hundred forty thousand. The the difference. Uh, if you so, sell that house, you're going to pay forty percent tax. Mm -hmm. um, if you inherit it, uh, depending on what the uh, the value of the rest of the estate that you inherit, that's going to get taxed at the highest tax rates. Yeah. So really, you're going to lose forty percent of the uh, of the value right off the top. Mm -hmm. Just before you get it, you're going to be down forty percent. And then if you uh, get rid of any of it, an additional 40%. So um, that's, it's, it, it comes out to be like a 60% tax. And, so your uh, legacy, basically, they're saying your legacy goes to the federal government, not to your, your heirs. Right. But that makes, actually, that makes total sense with uh, Biden's plan. Because as he said, his whole objective is to have the government own everything. That's what that, um, that's what that progressive agenda wants to do they've said it more you know more than one time they've actually they say it on almost every speech if you listen closely and that's what they want to do they want to force everything to be owned by the government and us to have to answer to the government for everything they don't want a capitalist society they uh they want a society where we're all sharing and um everything and uh, it's all controlled by the government hmm. so i don't know about you but um i mean i think it's i think anybody that's listening to this podcast is is you know can tell um, from a business perspective, which side we prefer. And, um, okay. So I think it's just a no brainer. If I, if I want to own a business, uh, I I've got to, I've got to go with the Trump plan. It's not even close. If, uh, if I don't want to own a business and I want to be an employee, maybe, you know, maybe you have to choose, but, um, as business owners, um, I'm scared for any part of this tax plan from Biden going into play, but, um, yeah. And it's just because it's going to make it so much more difficult. And I think it's going to force a lot of people to say, forget it. I don't want to go into business. And that's, that's, you know, that's one of the drivers of, our, of, of being an American, right? Is the, the ability to go out and say, you know what, I got an idea. I want to take it and I want to produce and I want to sell and, and make a profit off it. And I think it's going to push a lot of people to say, forget it. I don't want the headache. And I wonder um, if they'll take a crack at section 1202. I wouldn't be shocked. 
I wouldn't be shocked, but it hasn't been up. You know, it's not up on the docket yet. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. A lot of these things that we talk about here, Joe Biden and his Democratic colleagues take advantage of regularly. Yeah. So, so like Joe Biden has an escort. And why do you have an escort? To reduce your Social Security and Medicare taxes. He takes advantage of that regularly, routinely, routinely probably taking advantage of it right now as we speak. Right this second, he's taking advantage of it. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think he made $16 million last year, you know, with the uh, speaking fees. Wow. He made $16 million. I wonder how much Social Security he paid on, how much uh, Social Security tax he paid on that. Wait, where was he speaking? That's that's what was. I'm curious. We're not gonna we're not gonna go down this. <laughs> All right, Jeff, so come on, wondering. come on. Where was he oh, speaking? Dave, Dave, we're talking tax plays Dave, over yeah. here. Like, was it was Somebody, it comedy show somewhere? I mean, to see what Somebody, he would say. What was he speaking? I, I, I was told by a Joe Biden supporter that people actually pay him to speak, and come I on. said, "Show me these people that would pay that money." Actually, actually, I would. To be honest with you, I would because the you stuff would? that comes out of his mouth, it's like pure comedy. I mean, I know he doesn't intend it that way, but it is so far out there that it's you have to laugh at it. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just having a little fun right now. But yeah, um, so let's let's not have too much fun at Joe's expense. Right, right. That's malarkey. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the good news at the end of the day is that, and I think I said this before, we study this enough that regardless of which plan goes into play, we help our clients, and our clients are always going to take advantage of whatever's out there legally. Because we understand the laws well enough to to help people uh, keep more money in their pocket and uh, do better things with it. So uh, we started off this conversation by saying, "What well, we're supposed to be stewards of God's money, right? We're also supposed to be stewards of the way we handle the tax code. And uh, and we legally take advantage of the rules that are set, set in place for us to take advantage of. And um, And so we take advantage of those and we pay the tax we need to pay. And the rest of it, we do what we need to do with. Yeah, and you know what? At the end of the day, God is in control. He's going to take care of us. No matter you know who gets into the White House, he's in control. He's going to take care of us. He's going to provide for us. You know, If they try to take 60, 70, 80% of our wealth, he has a plan, uh, a plan that's better. It, it sounds terrifying, but he's definitely, he's definitely in control. So uh, that's it for this week. We hope you found this educational, a little comical. And hey, if it helps you, Make a decision Tuesday at the polls. Uh, I I hope you really take into consideration small business. Small business is the engine of America. They provide, I don't know, it's something like 90-something percent of the jobs that are out there. I I really do small business. I really do believe small business would hurt uh, drastically and investment in this country would hurt. Except for our our clients because we help them very well. Yes, our our clients are going to be just fine. That's for sure. If you if you're interested and you would like to talk to us, you need you need some psychological counseling during this election time, with the taxes and the business stuff. We're we're more than happy to help you. We'll talk you off the the proverbial ledge, and um, get you get you centered on what matters. So subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Um, share this with your friends. Uh, I think it's critical that we get the word out that uh, America the the America we know and love is at stake with this election, and it's not just taxes. There's other things too. There's a lot of things that that deal with Christians directly, and um, those issues are are actually far far more important than than taxes. So that's all, folks, for this week. It's been a pleasure. This is Jesus Does My Taxes, uh, sponsored by Edwards Ingram LLC, a certified public accounting firm uh, in the Northeast, Southeast, and now Texas.